Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus said, The works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do. Come and have an encounter with the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God at work in the life of Pastor Adama Segbeji this Sunday, 10 a.m. at Solution Chapel International, Barnfield Road, Northgate Crawley, RH10-8DS, or call 01293-885-000 for more information or on the web at solutionchapel.org. Solution Chapel International, home of signs, wonders, and miracles. The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. He was running to go to the king but without a message. Could it be possible that you are running in life but without a purpose? Could it be possible that your ladder is leaned onto the wrong building in life? You've been climbing that ladder for years but not knowing you are on the wrong building. But the sad truth is when many people realize that they are on the wrong building, they don't themselves and come down. They say, oh, I'm almost at the top, so I might as well just, you're on the wrong building. You're on the wrong building. Humility is required to turn back. First Kings chapter 18 verse 46, I read, the Bible says that in the hand of the Lord was on Elijah and he gathered up his loins and he ran before Ahab to Jezreel or to the entrance of Jezreel and we are blessed by the reading of God's word. Oh, let me hear a good amen. amen. Well, I'm continuing and concluding the message I started last week titled Supernatural Speed supernatural speed and this is part two supernatural speed and this is part two we did emphasize last week about the importance of us as children of God trusting God to move at the speed of light because when we are with God, it means we have the advantage. God always gives us the advantage. And so therefore, it is so important for us not to take for granted the hand of God in our lives. Because the hand of God is everything to us. Without the hand of God, we can do nothing. That's why we must desire the hand of God in every area of our lives. And when we do that, God will help us to go further. The scripture we read in the book of 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 46, you know the background. The prophet Elijah had decreed that there will be no rain for three and a half years. And then because 
there was, he said there was not going to be rain for three and a half years because of the scene in the country at that time. Ahab was the king and Jezebel was the wife. And you know, Jezebel was running the nation, destroying people and so on and so forth. And then as a result of that, Elijah decreed that there's, gonna, there's not going to be rain for three and a half years. And then he called for a contest for them to decide between who the real God is and then the other side. And we know the end result. The end result was that God wrote a great victory for Elijah. And as a result of that, Elijah now declared that there's going to be rain. And when he declared that there's going to be rain, he told the king, to get ready to go to the entrance of Jezreel on his chariots. And when the king started going, the Bible says that the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and Elijah ran and overtook the chariots of the king and got to the entrance of Jezreel before the king got there. Now why is this significant? It is so significant because in life sometimes you start with people and they go ahead of you. And sometimes you wonder, can I ever catch up? Life is a race, whether you like it or not. Some people are running the same race you are running. And if we are going to do exploits in this end time, we need the hand of God. Amen. We need the hand of God than ever before. So the Bible says that the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and he gathered up his loins and he overtook the chariots of Ahab. I don't know where you are. It might seem to be slow in life, but today the hand of the Lord is coming upon you. I said today the hand of the Lord is coming upon you and every area of your life that things have seemed to be slow, God is going to move you to go faster. In the mighty name of Jesus. Please understand that as children of God, Jesus commissioned us to experience the supernatural. The Bible says, Jesus said in the book of John chapter 14 verse 12, he said, the works that I do shall you do also and greater works than these shall you do. In other words, Jesus commissioned us to do exploits and to walk in the supernatural. So the question we want to ask this morning is what does the hand of the Lord represent? The hand of the Lord, like I said last week, represents four things. Number one, the hand of the Lord represents the favor of God. The hand of the Lord represents what? The favor of God. It doesn't matter your educational background. It doesn't matter where you were born. Favor is something that takes you beyond your educational level. When the favor of God comes upon you, he opens door for you where no one can open door for you. Number two, the hand of the Lord represents the power of God. The hand of the Lord represents the power of God. Paul said in the book of Romans chapter 1 verse 16, he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? He said, because it is, it is, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. 
Now that word salvation there does not just mean we getting born again and getting ready to go to heaven. Hallelujah. The word power of God and salvation there means the ability to do exploits here on earth. And I see that power coming upon you today in the name of Jesus. Number three, the hand of the Lord represents the strength of God. The hand of the Lord represents the strength of God. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 11, the Bible says that and Sarah herself received strength to conceive. There are certain things you need strength to give birth to. You cannot give birth to your Isaac with a normal strength. You need the strength of God. And this year I see the strength of God coming upon you in the name of Jesus. I see the strength of God coming upon you in the name of Jesus. And when that strength comes, you will conceive certain mind-blowing testimonies. You'll conceive some mind-blowing testimonies. You'll conceive some mind-blowing miracles in the mighty name of Jesus. So therefore, receive that strength this morning. I said receive that strength this morning in the name of Jesus. The hand of the Lord, number four, represents the speed of God. The speed of God. I told you last week that this day when we are buying a car, we are all thinking about speed. How fast can it go? Talk about even broadband or internet. Let me, let me define it because in certain parts of the world, they don't know what broadband is. They still have, uh, what's that dial-up? It's the analog. When, you, when you're trying to connect to the internet, you hear that noise. Is it still in operation? <laughs> so when we're going for broadband, we think about speed. Everything we think about speed. Are you following me? And I decree upon you today that the supernatural speed is coming upon you. In the name of Jesus. Please hear me. The hand of the Lord is what makes all the difference in our lives. Without the hand of the Lord, you struggle. I've seen people who work hard, nine to five. They do three shifts, four shifts, but they can't go on holiday. <laughs> uh, they work so hard. The moment the money hits their account, direct debit takes it out. It's like incoming, outgoing. And the outgoing is at the traffic of speed. Are you following what I'm saying? So you need the hand of God to make a difference in your life. You need the hand of God. You need the hand of God. The hand of God is the difference maker. Let me show you something in the book of 2 Kings chapter 13 from verse 14 to 19. At this point, Elisha was about to die. Elisha was about to die, and God's children were about to face an enemy that wanted to destroy them. And look at what happened. The Bible says that now Elisha was falling sick of his sickness, whereof he died. And Joash, the king of Israel, came down unto him 
and wept over his face and said, Oh, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And Elisha said unto him, Take bow and arrows. And he took unto him bow and arrows. The 16 key verse. The Bible says that, And he said to the king of Israel, Put thine hand upon the bow. And he put his hand upon it. And Elisha, underline that, and Elisha put his hand upon the king's hand. Did you see that? And Elisha put his hand upon the king's hand. You say, what, what, what difference does it make? Look at verse 17. The Bible says that, and he said, open the window eastward, and he opened then Elisha said, shoot, and he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of the deliverance from Syria. For thou shalt smite the Syrians in Afak till thou have consumed them. And he said, take the arrows, and he took them, and he said unto the king of Israel, smite upon the ground, and he smote just three times and stayed. And the man of God was wroth, was wroth with him. And he said, thou should have smitten five or six times. Then hast thou smitten Syria till thou hast consumed it. Whereas now thou have smite Syria but thrice. Now look at what happened. The hand of the Lord came upon Elisha. Elisha put his hand upon the king's hand and he said shoot and when he shot he said this is the deliverance of the Lord from your enemies so that means there are certain battles you really need the hand of the Lord to be able to win those battles I don't know where you find yourself sometimes there are some, some companies that will come against you there are some Goliaths that will come against you. It might even be in the area of sickness. Sometimes there are some sicknesses that is like a mountain, that is a Goliath. You have, been, you have seen the experts, you've seen the best technicians, the best physicians, the best surgeons, the best doctors, and yet nothing is happening. You need the hand of God. I said you need the hand of God. When the hand of God comes upon you, that is when you are able to win the victory. I don't know what you are struggling with, but I decree that hand coming upon you today. I said I decree that hand coming upon you today in the name of Jesus. Listen to me carefully, write this down. Supernatural speed will only happen to those who are, number one, running lawfully. I know we are talking about supernatural speed, but it doesn't mean we have to cut corners. We have to run lawfully. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 to 5. It says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. If a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. In other words, 
You have to run lawfully. You have to run how? Lawfully. Yes, you want supernatural speed. It might be financial. You want supernatural speed. It might be in the area of relationships or marriage. Strive how? Lawfully. Don't cut corners. Do it God's way. You know, sometimes when you're doing things God's way, it seems as if you're on a long journey. Oh God, when is this marriage going to happen? Oh God, when is this promotion going to come? Just keep serving. Like Joseph in the prison, he was serving faithfully. But when his time came, he was promoted to become a prime minister. You see, let me tell you this. God sees sick in secret where no man can see you. God sees your heart. You see, where you are working, you might be working hard, believing God for promotion. Nothing is happening. Your bosses are not recognizing you. You are not being noticed. They are bypassing you. Don't give up. Keep serving and working faithfully. Your day will come. Don't cut corners. That is not the time to now start, start blackmailing your managers or your bosses. You know, sometimes when people don't get their ways, they want to blackmail everybody. They blackmail the organization. Now, do you want God to give you this victory or you want to get it yourself? When God gives it to you, it is sweet. When you get it yourself, it is bitter. Let God work it out for you. I said, let God work it out for you. So run lawfully. Don't cut corners. Don't cut people down. Don't beat about the bush while people are playing steady hard if you're a student. Focus on your books. Are you following me? Maybe some are doing it the wrong way. Some are cheating. When they get to the exams hall, they've written their exams behind their skirt on on their ties. We used to do that. <laughs> see, all the, all the people who cheated in the exams, you see them, they're all laughing. Yeah. And then we'll write the exams behind the trousers or something, and the vigilants will come and, and inspect everything. They found nothing, but they didn't know that we are smarter than them. <laughs> Have you not noticed that thieves are always smarter than the people they are stealing from? And then we write it there. And then we go in and we're expecting question one, question two. And sometimes question one, question two is dodged. (laughs) Because you've done chew and pour. You've stolen the questions from somewhere. You've written it and you thought that is what's going to happen. But when you get into the exams hall, something different shows up. And those who have diligently studied, They write the exams, they come out with flying colors. Don't cut corners. I've seen people buy buy degrees. Now, Now, if you want to be a doctor, you have to go through the process. Go through, if you go, you cut corners and buy a doctorate degree online, you'll have it all right, but when it's time to do the surgery, (laughs) Uh, that's where we know whether you are a true doctor or a fake one so run how lawfully number two 
run with purpose. Number two, run with purpose. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 to 27. This is a great apostle Paul. He said, know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but only one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain. And every man that strives for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible crown. I therefore so run, not as uncertainty, so fight I, not as I, I beat the air, but I keep my body under subjection, or I keep my body and I bring it into subjection, lest that after or by any means when I have preached to others, I myself shall be a castaway. Run with purpose. Somebody's 100 meter race is not yours. Run your own race. What's Paul saying? Paul is saying, what is the point if I preach the gospel, I do mighty miracles, and after the end, I am disqualified. We have seen it. We have seen athletes who have won many races, and then they've got many titles, and years later, it comes up that they cheated. They took drugs, and all the titles, all what they have won in the years gone is taken away from them and they end up in shame. Run with purpose. Run with purpose. Don't cut corners. You see, your purpose is different. My purpose is different. Benny Hinn's purpose is different. If I come here now and I blow a that you should fall, you won't fall. I'll be spitting on you. Benny Hinn will stand here, he will do, and then you see people falling. I don't know what's in the falling, though. I don't know why you should fall. Are you following me? But whatever it is, now, that is his race. He's, he does miracles, healings. That's not my calling. My calling is a teacher. I want you to understand the word. I want to teach you the word. Line upon line. Here a little. There a little. So that when when Goliath knocks on your door tomorrow, you have a word to fight Goliath. That's my purpose. Are you following me? That's my purpose. Many of you are running other people's purpose. You see somebody buys a new shoe, you also want to buy a new shoe. You see somebody comes to church with a nice hairstyle. The ladies now, you also want to do a nice... Now, you don't know their pocket. You don't know what they end. They don't show you their pay slip at the end of the month. Run your own purpose. What's your purpose? Paul said, I do not fight as one that beats the air. In other words, I am not just throwing my punches aimlessly. I'm running with purpose. I know where I am going. And so because I know where I'm going, I know I have to run at this pace. Run with purpose. What's your purpose in life? 
do you really know what your purpose is? They say, I want to go on speed. No, 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 no. Take a break. Run with the purpose. I said, run with the purpose. Number three, run with the message. Run with the message. What is number one? You run lawfully. What is number two? Number three is run with the message. Run with the message. Philippians chapter 2 verse 16. It says, holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. I don't want you to run in vain. Run with the message. What is your message? That's why every Sunday when you come to church, I have a message. I don't come and stand here and say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 No, I don't fill my gaps with hallelujah. No. I have a message. A message God has given me. I've taken years to cook it, ready for you to come and eat. That's why we don't do gymnastics here. That's why in this church you grow. My purpose, so after I've given you the message and you go and you don't grow, it's your own cup of tea. I've done my job. My father used to say this um, proverb. He said, a monkey will always give birth to a baby monkey. And when he gives birth to a baby monkey, he'll take the baby monkey and show it to the monkey clan. And say, who, 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 everybody see, I have a baby. Now, what is he doing? He's showing the whole monkey clan to say, now, I have given birth to a monkey. The whole clan have seen it. Now, monkey, it's your responsibility to hold on to the trees. If you don't hold on to the trees, there's a lion down there. Are you following what I'm saying? So, you come, I give you the word. The whole world have seen that I've given you the word. Now what you do with the word is your responsibility, not mine. You can't say I'm not growing. No, it's your responsibility to eat what I'm feeding you with. Judas had the best pastor, yet he left the church. I'm preaching. I'm preaching a good message. Uh, I, I ain't growing in that church. No, you're growing. You are growing. I'm feeding you well, well. Balanced diet. It's balanced diet. The diet you are fed in this church is what? Balanced. 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 So run with the message. You know the story, I'll give you, a, I won't read it. I'll just give you the scripture. You go home and read it. That is if you read it. Second Samuel chapter, chapter 18 from verse 24 to 32. When David's son Absalom was killed. Second Samuel chapter 18 verse 24 to 32. Remember when Absalom was killed and um, Joash was looking for someone to carry the news and go and give the news to the king. 
and then Ahimaaz. Ahimaaz said, I'll go. And, and Joah said, no, no, stand beside. You're not carrying news on this day. And they said, Cushai will go with the message because he knows how to deliver the message. Now, this is to you, those of you who say, as for me, I just say it as it is. No, you have to learn to present the message for this generation. I can be preaching holiness and still be laughing and you'll get it. Someone say, oh, these days we don't preach sin in the church. No, I can be preaching grace so you don't sin. I don't necessarily have to mention sin. The message is the same, but the methods are different. Pharmacists will tell you, now how many of you used to drink, um, and when you had malaria, you used to drink this bitter uh, queen, chloroquine and those things. Those people, those pharmacists who were giving us those chloroquines and doctors, they're very wicked. (laughs) Wicked. Now, to all the doctors and nurses and pharmacists, I love you all. But why would you be so wicked to us? Yes, we know you want to cure our malaria, but, you know, you don't have to do it bitter. But these days, what do they do? They put the bitter chloroquine in a capsule, and you drink it, you don't feel any bitterness, It still does the job. (laughs) Are you following me? It still does the job. Oh, those times where, oh Jesus, those people are wicked. (laughs) Now the young ones don't know what we are talking about because they never drank chloroquine or all those things. (laughs) Oh, mercy. Those are the times you come up with all kind of tricks. When they give you the medicine, you go behind the the, the house, dig the ground and just bury it and say the grandmas drink the medicine. You know, so, so uh, uh, Joas was looking for someone who would be able to present this message to the king. And so I said, I'm going to go. Joas said, no, I want Kushai to go because Kushai can present the message well. And guess what? Ahima still said, I'm going to go. And so Ahima still ran. He was running, but without a message. He was running to go to the king, but without a message. Could it be possible that you are running in life, but without a purpose? Could it be possible that your ladder is leaned onto the wrong building in life? You've been climbing that ladder for years, but not knowing you are on the wrong building. But the sad truth is, when many people realize that they're on the wrong building, they don't humble themselves and come down. They say, oh, I'm almost at the top, so I might as well just... You're on the wrong building. You're on the wrong building. Humility is required to turn back I must say, I'm going to run. So he was running. And the Bible says that the king, David, was sitting at the entrance of the gate. And when he saw him, he said, I see a man running. And he said, I'm sure he has a message. And when Ahimaaz got to the king, and the king asked what happened, Ahimaaz said, I just saw a tumult. And I don't know what happened. 
And the king said, stand aside. In life, there are some people who are running faster than you. But it's not how fast you run. Do you have a message? What's your message? Are you carrying a message? And then Cushai came. The king said, I see someone running. I'm sure he's got good tidings. And then when Cushai came, now guess what? I must run ahead of Cushai, but guess what? It was Cushai who had the message. So don't be threatened by those who have gone ahead of you. Oh, this is good. This is just for someone. Don't be threatened by those who have gone ahead of you. It's not everybody going ahead of you that has a message. It's not everybody running ahead of you that's on the right path. And when Cushai came, Cushai said to the king, King, your enemy has been dealt with. And the Bible says that the, the king wept. And you know the end of the story. The bottom line is that Cushai came with a message. What's your message? In your workplace, what's your message? In your community, what's your message? When people look at you, what message can they read? When they see you, when they see you at work, what message can they read? Are you happy where you are? Are you smiling? Are you excited? Or you come frowning? Even in this church, what's your message? When you come, do you come excited, looking for, I like the testimony our sister gave this morning. She said, I'm not feeling well, but I just want to come because of the message. Because of the word. Because you see, there is life in the word. Jesus said, what I speak unto you are the words of life. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. What's your message? Are you in the church? We ask you to serve and you are memory. <laughs> What's your message? Are you a smiling Christian? Does your smile draw people into the church? Does someone look forward to just coming to church just to see your beautiful smile? What's your message in the church? What's your message? That's why every, every Sunday, every week, when I stand here, I'm smiling, irrespective of the pain that is going on in my body. Do you know that I don't sleep Saturday into Sunday? I'm awake all night just for you thinking through, preparing, praying. Do you know that? Whilst you are sleeping and snoring in gears. <laughs> Whilst you are doing gear one, gear two, gear three, gear four. I'm up all night. What's your message? What's your message? Some of us need to change our message. Our message of always frowning. You come to church. Mm. Do you know that it takes more muscles to frown than to smile? It takes less muscles to frown, to smile. So be a smiley Christian. Smile. Smile. Why are you not smiling? 
Since it's not you are still smile. Relax. God is still here. In the presence of God, there is fullness of what? Joy. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Quickly, let's look at fuels. Fuels for supernatural speed. In other words, factors that enables us to go faster in life. Number one is thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 19, it says, And out of them shall proceed thanksgiving, and the voice of them that make merry. God says, I will multiply them, and they shall not be few. I will also glorify them, and they shall not be small. So thanksgiving is a fool. You want to go faster in life? Be a grateful Christian. Be thankful. Be thankful. Don't always be complaining. Oh, I don't have heating today. Oh, it's cold. I don't have a shoe. Thank God for the one you have. There are some who don't have at all. Thank God. Be a thankful Christian. As a matter of fact, you should program it on your phone. Every five minutes, let the alarm remind you it's time to give thanks. Start giving God thanks and see that all your troubles will not vanish away. You're not the only one who's got problems, you know. You're not the only one. You ain't the only one who's got problems. Others have got problems as well. They just haven't shared it. If they share it, you open your mouth. Why? You say, ah, mine is nothing. <laughs> so be a thankful Christian. Number two, number two fuel is laughter. Laughter. Psalm 2 verse 4, the Bible says that he that seated in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Laughter. Shall we practice laughter this morning? You can't laugh. It's free, you know. I won't charge you. We won't take an offering for laughter. It's free. Why don't you just laugh this morning? Don't laugh like a, like a cockroach. <laughs> laugh like a rich man or a rich woman. <laughs> the enemy thought I would not be here, but look at me now. <laughs> the enemy wanted me, 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 me to be a failure, but look at me now. <laughs> It's like a medicine. You see, some of you have not laughed in a long time. <laughs> you have to learn to practice laughter. Just be there in the kitchen and start laughing. <laughs> and then your enemy will be wondering what's happening. They don't know that you're laughing. Your miracles on the way. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Keep laughing. Look at the devil and look at the devil 
and tell the devil in the face, is this all you can do? <laughs> the Bible says that the Lord shall sit in the heavens and he shall laugh. Now, we are seated with Christ in where? In heavenly places. And guess where the enemy is? The Bible says that the devil is under our foot too. So we sit in the heavenly places, we look at the devil, and we say, ha, ha, ha. The devil said, this year you're not going to marry. You take your report and say, look, I just bought me wedding dress. Ha, ha, You might not like the way I laugh, but laughter is in levels. <laughs> Sometimes my wife and I, we just practice laughter in the house. <laughs> I tell my wife, there's a big breakthrough coming. This is how we need to practice our laughter. We need to start it. Woo. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> you know the laughter that comes from the soul soul laughter hallelujah it's time to laugh one more time hallelujah glory be to God <laughs> number three number three four is joy joy Psalm 35 verse 27. It said, let them shout for joy. Let's practice it. Let them shout for joy. Oh, let's do it better. Let them shout for joy. Hallelujah. It says, and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yeah, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified which has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10. The Bible says that for the joy of the Lord is my strength. That's why you need to have joy. You need to surround yourself with joy. Everywhere you are, joy. The spirit of joy must be your portion. Glory be to God. Some. Isaiah chapter 12 verse 3 it says that with joy with joy we draw water out of the wells of salvation we need to experience joy in every area of our lives joy in your marriage joy in your relationship joy at work joy in the church glory be to God there's so much joy in this church. I look forward to just coming to church and pray to myself. Glory be to God. Because there's so much joy. Joy. Don't let no devil sit on your joy. Some of you have allowed someone to control your joy. They will say, today I'll give him 5% of joy. No, 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 no. Don't, don't let no one sit on your joy, man. No, let no man sit on your joy, man. Yeah, see? Yeah, see? Yeah, man. Oh. Have you not noticed when, when drunkards come from the pub 
they are joyous. They are drunk. And they are. Now the Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18. It says be drunk in the Holy Ghost. You see, are you, are you getting me? You see, the world knows something that, that they, they have taken something from the church that is supposed to be for us. It says, be not drunk with wine, wherein in excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So, you see, when you are drunk in the Holy Ghost, it leads to joy. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying? Don't let no one control your joy. You see, many of you only have joy at payday. It's sad. Don't allow material things to control your joy. Are you following what I'm saying? You are single, be joyful. Don't say, oh, I'm waiting on my husband before I can be. No, no. If you're not joyful now, when the man comes, you'll be sorrowful. You need to be joyful now. Now. Money in the pocket or no money in the pocket, rejoice. They say, I say unto you, rejoice. Rejoice always. They say, did he take a joy pill? Yeah, I took, the, I took a shot of the Holy Ghost. Glory be to God. I won't let anybody sit on my joy. No one. No, no, you ain't going to sit on my joy. You can't shut me down. I have the joy of the Holy Ghost bubbling inside of me. Hallelujah. Alright, are we ready now? We, we need to close. You want us to close now, don't you? You don't want, okay. Everything must come to an end. We have five things we must do to experience supernatural speed quickly. Five things, finally, as we close. Number one, walk in humility. You want to experience supernatural speed? Number one, walk in humility. Don't allow anything to get to you. You see, it is so easy to become arrogant. Within every human being, there is a level of arrogance. And if you're not careful, it will come out. Don't allow anything. And when God blesses you, that is not the time to be arrogant. As a matter of fact, the more God blesses you, the more God lifts you up, the more you have to be conscious to walk in humility. The Bible says that Moses was the meekest man upon the face of the earth, yet the most greatest. He spoke to God mouth to mouth. Upon your 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 uh, 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 your arrogance you have not even heard the voice of God so just humble yourself James chapter 4 verse 10 it says humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up so walk in humility humility is key when God blesses you that's not the time to be arrogant they say who are you to talk to me like that Humility. Learn how to say sorry. You're a man. You did something wrong to your wife. Say sorry. Do you know many marriages have gone into divorce because a man did not say sorry? Learn to say sorry. 
Saying sorry will not take away your, your dignity. It actually helps you. Learn to say sorry. Shall we practice it? Yes. Okay, why don't you open your mouth and say, I am sorry. I am sorry. Did you die? No. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't die by saying you are sorry. <laughs> you, you didn't die. As a matter of fact, you are better by saying sorry. Yeah. If you are wrong, say, I am sorry. Say, I am sorry. And these are three things men must learn to say. Number one, please. When your wife does something for you, you say, before she, please, can I have a cup of tea? Don't say, give me a cup of tea. No. Please. The second two words you must always say is thank you. Let's practice it. Number one is what? Please. Did you die? No. Number two is what? Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Learn to say thank you. Every time you say thank you, it's an application for more. Number three is, I am sorry. Let's say it. Let's say it. Say it with joy and excitement. <laughs> Say, baby, I'm sorry. Baby, baby, you know I'm sorry. Forgive me. That's why in our marriage, anything older than one hour, we don't bring it up. We are not archaeologists. We don't dig the past. Don't allow the past to imprison your future. Amen. Number two, believe the word. Number two, believe the word. Believe the word. Second Kings chapter seven, verse one. Then Elisha said, hear the word of the Lord. Tomorrow about this time, a corn of grain shall be sold for a shekel. Believe the word. Mark chapter nine, verse 23. Jesus said unto him, if thou can believe, all things are possible to him that believe. Believe the word. Number three, believe God. Number three, believe God. Second Chronicles chapter 20 verse 20. It says, believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. So believe God. Listen, the word believe or believe is our responsibility as Christians. Before you got born again, you have to believe. So believe doesn't stop up getting born again. Believe goes throughout your work with God. Some of us don't believe God. We say, oh, God is a healer. I believe God, but when it comes to healing, we don't believe him, that he can really heal us. Believe God. Number three, believe God's prophet. Believe God's prophet. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20, it says, believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. You want to prosper? Believe God's prophet. Now, I'm not saying believe any other prophet. Believe God's prophets. Believe God's prophets. It says, believe in the Lord your God. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20, please. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe in his prophets, and you shall prosper. 
So if you want to prosper, believe what God's prophet tells you. Because your prosperity is in the mouth of your prophet. Believe your prophet. Well, you have to only believe what he says according to the word. Huh? Not anything outside of the word. <laughs> These days we have a lot to, we have to, I have to qualify what I'm saying now. We have a lot of all kinds of things going out there. So-called prophets. So believe what the prophet says, which is in line with the word of God. If a prophet tells you, come 2 a.m. to the beach and, and wear white clothes and come, you know that's not, that's not God. You know that, don't you? Anyway, believe that. Number five. Number five, believe the supernatural. Believe the supernatural. What's number one? We said there are five things we must do to experience supernatural speed. What's number one? Walk in humility. What's number two? Believe the word. What's number three? Believe God. What is number four? Believe God's prophets. And number five, believe the supernatural. Second Kings chapter three, verse 16, the Bible says that he said, thou sayest the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. For thou sayest the Lord, ye shall not see wind, neither shall you see rain, yet that valley shall be filled with water. Believe the supernatural. Believe that God is a supernatural God. They say, how is this going to be? Mary, that's none of your business. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you and this holy thing called Jesus will be given birth to. It hasn't been done before, but in your case, God is going to do it. You say, how is this going to be possible? He said, just what you need is water. Your responsibility is to dig ditches. God's responsibility is to fill your ditches with water. Don't start asking God, where is the rain? It takes rain for the ditches to be filled. No, God is going to do this supernaturally. So you have to believe the supernatural before the supernatural can happen to you. Believe God can prosper you in this nation. Believe the supernatural. Believe that God can give you houses you did not build. Believe God can give you cities you did not build. That's the supernatural. If you can believe God, he will bring it to pass in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Finally, as we close, please understand that the realm of the supernatural is real. If you are going to experience supernatural speed, it will be by the hand of God. It will be by the hand of God. And I decree that hand coming upon you. I don't know what what is it that has been going through your body that has not been able to be diagnosed. As the hand of the Lord comes upon you today, that thing goes off. The hand of the Lord will do the impossible in your life. What has not been done before is what the hand of the Lord will do in your life. In Jesus' name. Did you receive it today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, let's give Jesus a better praise. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Every head bowed, please, and every eye closed. If you're here this morning, maybe you're invited to church. Maybe you go to church. 
and you know you haven't received Jesus Christ as your Lord and your personal Savior, you know if you die today, you will not make it to heaven. You are here, you say, Pastor, please pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to pray with you. Because no Jesus, no life. No Jesus, no hope. No Jesus, no future. Jesus is the only way. There is no other way to the Father. Jesus is the only way. There is no other way to heaven. Jesus is the only way. So if you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to pray with you. Say with me from the depths of your heart. Say with me, Lord Jesus. I come to you just as I am. Forgive me of my sins. Write my name in your book of life. May I serve you all the days of my life. From today, I have decided to follow you. No turning back. No turning back. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Let's give Jesus some praise. <clears throat> Hallelujah. 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 Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293 Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution, Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH10 8HQ. Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution, bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus said, The works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do. Come and have an encounter with the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God at work in the life of Pastor Adama Segbeji this Sunday, 10 a.m. at Solution Chapel International, Barnfield Road, Northgate Crawley, RH10-8DS, or call 01293-885-000 for more information, or on the web at solutionchapel.org. Solution Chapel International, home of signs, wonders, and miracles.